0: All right, everyone, welcome back to Sky High Sports and Entertainment. I call this episode ESPYs, Emmys, and WEMBY. And the reason for that is that the ESPYs ESPN Sports Award just happened last night. And so I'm going to share with you guys my top moments from those awards. Uh, WEMBY, Victor Wembenyama has made his debut in the NBA Summer League, the first taste of NBA action for him. Even if it's not official, people are getting to see what he's like. So that's been very exciting. And the Emmys released their nomination. So I'm going to be sharing and my predictions for those awards while recapping a little bit of the nominations as well. So definitely stay tuned because you're not going to want to miss this one. First off, let's start with the ESPYs. Um, the ESPYs opened up with something that is great because I talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast that Lil Wayne recently celebrated the 15th anniversary of the Carter Three landmark hip-hop album, arguably the last great commercially successful uh, hip-hop album that was an absolute titan in sales, multi-time platinum, one of the best-selling hip-hop albums ever, and this summer, Amelie. The biggest song from the album, or at least the longest lasting song, most legendary classic today over Lollipop, which is the highest selling, um, is 15 years old as well. So Lil Wayne, in an amazing sports and entertainment crossover, opened up the ESPYs with a Millie featuring current sports references 15 years after it came out. Um, My personal favorite was that. In the song, he talks about popping them like Orville Redenbacher, the popcorn, and in this case he talked about popping them like Wembenyama. I mean, to rhyme Wembenyama in a song is something that only Lil Wayne and Eminem could probably pull off, in my opinion. Uh, it was incredible. Greg Popovich is why he said popham because popham being Coach Popovich, pop as he's better known, and so that was a great reference, and we're gonna get into in a minute but also Lil wayne shouted out damar hamlin and uh said god is good damar hamlin because damar hamlin was the player who nearly passed away on the field in front of everyone which was absolutely tragic on monday night football they were performing cpr in a tent unlike anything we'd ever seen and i also really want to give him a big shout out for last night, because he presented the Pat Tillman Service Award, uh, Pat Tillman being an NFL player who died well at service overseas in the military. Uh, so they honor him every year with this award. And DeMar Hamilton presented it to the people who saved his life, uh, the Buffalo Bills medical team and training staff. And I thought that was an amazing moment to see. You know, I think that Damar Hamlin, it was talked about a lot in the NFL to the point where we almost became numb to it, um but seeing him really give credit to the people who saved his life and see how emotional he was 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 really incredible to see. He also mentioned Angel Reese leading LSU to the National College Basketball Women's Championship. So that was great to see. And then he had a line about going back to college for the NIL name, image, likeness deals so he could earn his money, uh, which is classic Lil Wayne and pretty much exactly what I would have expected the lyrics of a Millie to include in this day and age. It was really impressive of him to incorporate these lyrics in this way. And everyone in the crowd knew this modern classic. Everyone was vibing to it. Travis Kelsey in particular, uh, when Lil Wayne was rapping near him saying, okay, you're a goon, but what's a goon to a goblin? Travis Kelsey was the most excited he's ever been in his life. And that's saying something because this guy is excited all the time. He was more excited than when he won the Super Bowl. It was really, really fun to see. Uh, so I'm going to get back into the SV's top moments, but first I want to talk about Wemby, Victor Wembanyama, the NBA sensation, who is now listed at seven foot five, on the basketball court seven foot five and his skill sets are unbelievable first of all victor Wembanyama, he is an absolute alien on the court he is unlike anything we've ever seen before truly his height his skill set i mean he can dribble the ball sometimes and shoot it like steph curry but he's seven foot five It's unreal, his defense, everything. And so his first game, he did not play too well with nine points and 10 rebounds. He got two for 13 from the field and it just wasn't pretty. But what was really pretty about that game was what he did other than scoring. His playmaking was really impressive. His basketball IQ is impressive and his defense is literally some of the best you're ever going to see in your life. How do you score on someone 7-5? It's just absolutely incredible. Of course, players will uh, but regardless, the way he's able to get to the rim, protect the rim, block shots, cut off uh, Hooper's driving to the lane. It is amazing what he's able to do and then in his second game, he scored 27 points, and we saw that skill set. I can't believe his mid-range jumper. I can't believe a seven-foot-five guy might bring the mid-range jumper back to the NBA. It is incredible what this man is able to do. It is going to be a real treat for basketball fans everywhere to watch. And uh, he's going to be a force for years to come. He he definitely could, is hyped right now as possibly becoming one of the greatest players ever. I have trouble saying that right away. Uh, but it's extremely possible. He just has to stay healthy. And because definitely, you know, his legs are very skinny. So with players running into him and hitting his legs on a pick and roll, he's just going to have to stay healthy, put the, some weight on the frame. But we saw with Kevin Durant, people said he was too skinny. I think Victor Wembanyam is going to do it. And uh, I think it could be a really, really special career. And he very well could go down as one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, but it was exciting to see him respond to the summer league criticism in one game. And what he'll be able to do this season and working with a coach as good as Greg Popovich on the Spurs. He was the number one overall pick and uh, it's just going to be a ton of fun to watch. So off of Wendy back to the ESPYs. My personal favorite moment was the Carmelo Anthony tribute for his retirement done by his best friends done by the banana boat crew that so many people grew up watching like myself, um, of LeBron James, Chris Paul and Dwayne Wade paying tribute to their now retired friend. And, uh, I have to say this was definitely a moment where I've never felt time pass so much because I think what people will remember is that seven years ago at the SBs, Those four players, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, and LeBron James got up on stage and really were some of the first athletes of the modern era. In particular, we got to give credit to guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell who paved the way, uh, but to really stand up against racial injustice and shout out, you know, Trayvon Martin and Philando Castile, who was killed in a very unfair and unprovoked and not right police brutality incident just a couple of days before this happened. I I remember that. I watched it again yesterday and just Dwayne Wade saying the shoot to kill mentality has to stop. And just how impassioned he was. I remember that in particular. I remember Carmelo Anthony opening it up. I remember Chris Paul saying the names of so many Black men who had been killed by police officers in incidents where it was just completely not fair and not right and not what should have happened and affected so many people. And the way that they went up and stood up for it really impacted me at the time, really made me admire the NBA's social justice efforts. And, uh, and if you were paying attention back then, you really knew all of this before 2020 when it became so, so big and understood a lot by listening to them. And I think that they did an amazing job of that and to see them now, On that same stage, the four of them, the banana boat crew, called the banana boat crew because they all vacationed together and were photographed riding a banana boat in the water. Uh, So they were called the banana boat crew. But regardless, at that time, they were all young men who were the NBA veterans. Yes, they were in their early 30s, which is, you know, not super young in NBA years. But honestly, with modern medicine, it is a lot younger in this day and age. And, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant retired that year. Him and Peyton Manning were both on and Abby Wambach uh, from soccer were both honored for retiring. And to see now that it was Carmelo Anthony retiring when all four of the Banana Boat crew were playing at that time. Wow. Like talk about full circle. It was just unbelievable uh, to watch and shows the passage of time in life and in sports. Amazing. LeBron and Chris Paul are still playing. You got to appreciate them while they're around, um, but definitely a full circle moment. The tribute to Carmelo Anthony was absolutely amazing. Uh, LeBron, you could tell how much he admired Carmelo's game and respected how unstoppable he was. And so many people try to trash Melo's game, uh, but seeing great players really respect Melo's game is something that will do him well in his career legacy in the long run. So that was great to see up there for sure. And seeing Dwayne Wade share funny stories and seeing how Chris Paul talked about how Carmelo Anthony really got them to stand up there on that night in 2016. And Carmelo's always been that guy, you know, he won the first Kareem Abdul-Jabbar award for social, justice uh, last year i believe and carmelo anthony is just a special player and a special person and he gets up there and he says when in doubt stay mellow at the end of his speech it was a great speech overall telling his fans to stay passionate and chase their passions and chase their dreams and never give up because that's what he's going to be doing now that he's retired and thanking the fans who really stuck by him because a lot of people didn't um so i thought that was just an amazing tribute to see those four up there together, uh, the real end of an era because, yeah, they're, they're the vets now. Wayne Wade's going to be in the Hall of Fame this year. Chris Paul is on the Golden State Warriors entering year 19. LeBron James, who I'm going to get into in a minute, announced that he is coming back for his 21st season. And Carmelo just retired. Not think Carmelo could have still played, but I think last night was, was a really beautiful thing for him to receive. An amazing tribute for someone who deserves it so much because so many people like to just pretend 10, like he wasn't one of the absolute best while he was playing. Like he's not a top 10 scorer of all time. Like so many people don't look up to him. And that really reminded people and will forever that he deserves his moment and he deserves his flowers. And he's one of the best to ever play the game. And he's a top 75 player for a reason. Uh speaking of, I just said, yes, LeBron James announced that he was coming back to play after mulling retirement publicly. Um, he was honored for breaking Kareem Abdul Jabbar's scoring record. And that was really, really amazing to see and to see his family up there and his wife, Savannah, talking and to see his kids, Zuri, Bryce and Brawny. When Bryce and Brawny are going to carve their own legacy, Brawny at my alma mater, USC, going to college there. It's going to be an absolute show. Andy Enfield is a great coach as well. Dennis Rodman's son is going to be on the team, too. Uh, It's going to be a ton of fun. So that was great to see them up there. And, you know, last thing I'll say. Savannah said LeBron is the goat and no one's worked harder. And of course you want the person you're married to love you and believe those things about you. Um, I will very quickly say that I love LeBron James. You know, he's defined a lot of my life in basketball. Um, but I do not think that he is the GOAT. I still think that is Michael Jordan. I am of the unpopular opinion that Kobe Bryant is the second best player ever. I think LeBron James is the third best. I think he passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's the all-time leading scorer and Kareem is amazing. I love Kareem and what he's done for the world and as an amazing poet and writer and social justice advocate, but I just think that something we don't talk about enough is that he was very rarely uh, the best player on his team for the championship with the Showtime Lakers. Uh, he obviously was on the Bucks. But overall, there were a lot, a lot of Hall of Famers who contributed to those championships. I no fault of his own, but regardless, you know, it was not the uh, Batman and Superman situation of Kobe and Shaq, in my personal opinion, or of Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. Uh, he had a bit of a lesser role on some of those championships. So I think LeBron is over him. Um, but I still think that, yeah, and Kobe Bryant, if you type in who's the hardest working NBA player of all time, it always has been and always will be Kobe Bryant. And uh, again, you know, just the last thing I'll say on this and and not I'm not hating on LeBron. I just think it's important to provide context that when you lose six finals. In life, you come back from that. In life, you keep going. It makes you one of the all-time greatest. I think he's one of the three greatest people to ever pick up a basketball in the history of the world. Um, but when you lose the final six times and Michael Jordan won six times without losing, Kobe won five times, only losing two, I just think when you reach it, that stage, it's it's not really commendable when people see you lose that much and I also think that with LeBron when the going gets tough LeBron gets going Uh, I think the switching teams contributes to a lot of his statistics and I think that is important for context Um, now I do really love LeBron James and watching him and how he's defined the NBA so much of it since 2003 and he's now the vet he's the guy And so I do think that this record is incredible and I think it'll stand for a long, long time and it deserves to be celebrated, but just with the goat talk, I just want to state where I stand on that. I think it goes MJ, Kobe, and then LeBron. And I think those are important points to remember, just context of what teams they were on, what situations they were in and how that contributes to the statistics that they put up. Because when you switch teams and you're playing with more good players, that creates more spacing for you. So many people say numbers don't lie. I always say numbers lie because you can manipulate them any which way you want. And numbers with context are what is important. Um, So, congratulations to LeBron on becoming the all-time leading scorer I think I said that on the first episode of the podcast and I meant it and I still mean it now and LeBron has an amazing family and what he's done as a father for his kids uh, is incredible and Space Jam too, and sort of seeing that play out in real life uh, what kind of dad he was was amazing as well Um, but definitely an amazing family man an amazing basketball player I just wanted to point out though that You can't just crown someone a king without context to decide for yourself whether that is what you believe. But very exciting. LeBron is coming back, going to make for a great year for the Lakers, a great year for the NBA and uh, his son Bronny coming into the NBA soon. Going to be a lot of fun for sure. So who was the real winner of last night? That was Patrick Mahomes winning Male Athlete of the Year and also the Kansas City Chiefs winning Team of the Year, celebrating their Super Bowl win once again. Uh, I thought that was absolutely incredible to see. And Travis Kelsey is hilarious. And their Super Bowl was amazing. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I was talking about Peyton Manning earlier. You think about that career. Patrick Mahomes is 28 years old this year, and he has two Super Bowls. That is as many Super Bowls as Peyton Manning and two Super Super Bowl MVPs. That is more. It's unbelievable. He's going to be the Tom Brady for a generation. And he's a really humble guy. And he's a really great uh, person and family man. And he recently was featured on Netflix's new show, Quarterback, uh, which I'll talk about soon. And he was portraying himself as a family man and said that he really wants to show the world that you can play football, that you can do different things and still be someone dedicated to your family. Um, Which I also think LeBron James has done. I think Kobe Bryant did. And I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes looked up to both those guys a lot. And so really cool to see him carry on that legacy and the fact that he'll go down, I think he'll go down and he already might be, as the second best or third best player of all time. He might be the third best right now behind Montana and Brady. tough to put him ahead of Manning. I still might, Um, but I think when it's all said and done, I think he'll be the second best ever behind Tom Brady. And he's definitely the best right now. I think he's the best athlete in sports right now. Um, So really, really exciting to see that. Big night for women's basketball as well uh, with Angel Reese being there and getting honored. For the LSU win, Caitlin Clark, who is called the Steph Curry of women's basketball with her ability to hit many and deep threes. Um, she was honored as well as the female college athlete of the year. Uh, while I'm talking women's basketball, gotta quickly shout out Caleb Williams from USC winning the Heisman and the men's college athlete of the year. Uh, but back to women's basketball, because that is what I'm highlighting right now. Aja Wilson of the WNBA winning the championship. For Las Vegas, uh, their first championship in the city's history in a professional sports. Now they've also won the Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights. Things are popping off in Vegas sports-wise. Uh, But that was really, really amazing to see for sure for Angel Wilson, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and women's basketball as a whole and major respect to LeBron for saying people should watch the WNBA. Viewership is up huge. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on there right now. And I highly recommend that people tune in to the WNBA because it's an amazing league. Uh, It's great to watch during the summertime when there aren't a lot of sports on and uh, just some really phenomenal athletes in there. All righty, next up, we have the Emmys as we move into the entertainment portion of today's show. Uh, Succession led the way with 27 nominations. We had The Last of Us with 24 nominations, and The White Lotus with 23 nominations, and Ted Lasso with 21 nominations. So, those are the biggest and most nominated shows of the year and I am going to go through with you now my current predictions for all of these shows. I have more to watch. I have more to review. So as time goes on and we get closer to it, uh, this might change. And especially we don't know what's happening with the Emmys. You know, I want to give a huge shout out to the writers guild and the screen actors guild. We're on strike right now because not everyone is Chris Pratt and not everyone is the highest paid writer or highest paid actor. Lots of these people are starving. They're barely making a living. They are paid ridiculous wages Um, just because people think, oh, they get to do what they love. Oh, they'll get something else. And it's absolutely a ridiculous way to live. It's really not fair to them. And uh, there are many ways to support online. Look, there's a lot of links I can provide. I highly recommend just Googling how to support the writers guild and actors guild and you can donate you know um, food and supplies for their strike so i highly highly recommend doing that because without them the whole entertainment portion of this show that and podcast that i'm doing would not be possible uh so shout out to them for sure with that being said though they've made some great work so let's get into it uh for the best drama this year my pick no surprise is succession. Um, it is absolutely one of the greatest shows of all time, one of the greatest final seasons. I was really happy to see yellow jackets nominated just because I covered it a lot on here. Lots of people don't know about it, and I know that it is a high, high quality show. Uh, so definitely recommend watching Yellow Jackets. Season one was even better, and they were nominated for season two. Uh, House of the Dragon was nominated. That was an incredible show. The Game of Thrones spin-off focusing on the Targaryen family, hundreds of years before. Game of Thrones and wow they really aged the characters throughout the show um really quick like 10 year jumps from episode to episode in a 10 episode season and they pulled it off I can't believe it I don't know how they did it but they really did it was amazing now in any other year it would have been better call Saul winning final season amazing show uh one of the best spin-offs we've ever seen of any show probably the best spin-off of any show ever And in any other year, it would have won with the acting of Bob Odenkirk and Ray Seahorn, and the way that they pulled off all the twists and turns and multiple timelines. But they released it right after Emmy nominations came out last year. So it's like the oldest show eligible based on the one year timeline and in the same year as Succession I just think it's going to be Succession I think Succession really pulled off their final season extremely well they pulled off a twist ending it was amazing acting amazing scenes one of the greatest twists in TV history with the death of Logan Roy and uh, it absolutely deserves the best drama award and I think it's going to get it also have to shout out The Last of Us which I talked about on the very first episode of this podcast back in February an absolutely incredible show amazing acting Pedro Pascal Bella Ramsey it will have uh, more content there's at least one more season coming out so definitely it will get its flowers but not in its first season um so congratulations to Succession again on an amazing season I love covering it I think it'll win and I can't wait to see it however in the best actor category Succession broke the record for most actors nominated in one category with Jeremy Strong as Kendall Roy, Kieran Culkin as Roman Roy, and Brian Cox as Logan Roy. And unfortunately, even though it broke a record, I think this will hurt it. I think if Jeremy Strong was the only person nominated, I think he would win. I think having three of them, especially when Logan Roy was in so few episodes and should be a supporting actor and clean it up and win it. I think that this will water down all of their nominations, especially Strong's, who really deserves it. I think Bob Odenkirk is going to win Best Actor because like I said, in any other year, Better Call Saul would win in its final season, but I don't think that uh, Succession will win in the Best Actor category. I would be totally okay with Jeremy Strong. Part of me really hopes he wins, but Bob Odenkirk gave such a layered performance where he was operating on multiple timelines. He was operating in the original Breaking Bad, series and before it started as well, before we met Saul in the series uh, with the show Better Call Saul being a prequel leading into the Breaking Bad timeline where he was Saul Goodman in scenes that we hadn't seen. Also with Walt and Jesse in the show, we saw him from the Breaking Bad series finale with Walter White. And of course, we actually got to see him in the future timeline as well after Breaking Bad and where he was at with Kim after the events of Better Call Saul and the tragic death of Howard. It was an amazing, amazing final season. And uh, I really think that Bob Odenkirk deserves to win for this because he gave such a layered performance. And when talking about series finale, I know I said Succession might have the best of all time. The one that gives it company is Better Call Saul. They really pulled it off with the three timeline trick of going from before Breaking Bad to during Breaking Bad to after Breaking Bad. And Saul Goodman gave one of the best monologues. I've ever seen coming to terms with who he was, inviting Kim to the courthouse so she could see that he was owning up to his mistakes and helping Walter White become the drug lord and the greatest villain anti-hero in TV history. Um, it was just an incredible finale, really deep speeches about the people we are and owning up to that and uh, how he was able to find happiness while owning up to who he was instead of trying to be something else. And uh, it was just amazing. It was really, really amazing to see uh, Better Call Saul and all the different timelines and Bob Odenkirk's performance and how layered, how deeply layered it was. So I think even over Jeremy Strong as Kendall Roy with one of the best performances ever as well, it's just a strong time for TV, which is why we need our writers and screen actors back. But that's something I already talked about. Uh, So definitely keep paying attention to that and help out if you can. But I do think that even though Jeremy Strong is Kendall and the layers there and the ups and downs of Kendall and the tragedy and heartbreak and that final scene of succession, which I'll talk about again in a minute here, uh, I think that Bob Odenkirk should win that award and likely will win that award. All right, so four best actress. I want to give a huge shout out to Melanie Linsky playing Shauna on Yellow Jackets being nominated. She was great. And to Bella Ramsey on The Last of Us once again an incredibly layered performance as we saw her go from sort of being this bratty teenager with an attitude uh, to really having to grow up very quickly and also develop a uh, paternal and daughter relationship with Pedro Pascal's character but Sarah Snook as Shiv Roy because it's not watered down by Succession needs to win this award she was incredible as Shiv Roy she was part of that finale as well and gave a very layered performance where she was switching from trying to woo Mattson to Green over her father to holding in her grief over her father to loving Tom again to not loving Tom again to one of the best yelling and screaming matches you'll ever seen between her and Tom to choosing Kendall and having fun with him to turning on him in that board meeting. She was incredible. And of course, hiding her pregnancy throughout the entire season was amazing as well. Sarah Snook was actually pregnant as well playing Shiv So that played into the plot. And uh, she did did a really excellent job with that as well. All right, so with the best supporting actor award, what I find hilarious is that only two shows are nominated with eight actors: four from Succession and four from The White Lotus. Uh, Mike White, creator of The White Lotus, who you also may remember as Ned from School of Rock, helped write School of Rock and a Survivor contestant who did very well. Um, definitely has some Emmy connections because. The White Lotus keeps getting nominations, and I would argue season one was better. So definitely some of these actors did not deserve the supporting actor nod and uh, could have been some better nominations in there. That being said, the right supporting actor was nominated and will win this award. That is Matthew McFadden, the British actor who played Tom Walmsgans on Succession. Uh, His character arc was incredible because, spoiler alert, but he was the successor uh, of Logan Roy in the end he had some incredible moments his fight with Shiv was amazing his character arc throughout the season sort of going from being up to being down to being completely out with no reason or purpose but his way of being and being what Lucas Matson, who ended up buying the company uh, called him a pain sponge played out for him he's not going to be happy in the long run but he won and his fight with Shiv and his overall performance throughout the season and his layered 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 I keep using the word but it's what makes actors and actresses in shows great and give great performances is when there are layers like as Shrek said with the onion having layers beneath them and there's more going on than meets the eye what's the story beneath the story and I think that Matthew McFarland. Fadden played that so well that it makes you want to go back and watch the whole series and see what he was up to, what he was thinking, how it all played out. And he played that brilliantly throughout the entire season. So he definitely deserves that Best Supporting Actor award. So for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama, I am shocked. That they nominated all five actresses from The White Lotus. It was an amazing show, uh, but that is a lot of nominations. Huge shout out to J. Smith Cameron playing Jerry on Succession for her nomination. Uh, but to me, the clear choice here is Ray Seahorn in Better Call Saul and her performance of sort of getting corrupted by Saul Goodman and his conniving, scamming ways and going from being very serious to being very conniving and scamming to Howard's death, which changed her forever and breaking up with Saul to going back to being serious and in the finale as present day Kim and seeing her uh, really break down as well at one point in the series final season was amazing. She gave also a very layered performance. And I really, really think that Ray Seahorn as Kim uh, can't be forgotten just because it was last year and needs to win this Emmy. She absolutely deserves it. And that is all for the drama category as we now move into the comedy category. Um, And who's going to win in that category? It's going to be The Bear because it shouldn't be in the comedy category. Uh, Succession should be in the comedy category then. The Bear is a drama with really good elements of comedy, but because it's in that category, uh, I think it's going to win for sure. It's the hot new show. It just released its second season and uh, it is just so well-made. The editing is incredible. You really feel like you're in that kitchen and in the pressure cooker, just like the food and just like the chefs are and the character development of its main character, uh, Carmi, is incredible and the supporting characters and the Chicago environment and just how they really make you feel like you're in that kitchen. Is outstanding. And the writing is absolutely incredible. Uh, episode seven of season one was 19 minutes long done entirely in one take about a day gone wrong in the kitchen with the pressure and bad situations mounting. It is one of the most tense episodes of television most impressively made that I have ever seen. I could not recommend it more highly at all. It's an amazing show. Definitely check it out. Um, I don't think Ted Lasso will win, even though I covered it on the show and really liked it. I think the final season, they ended on a strong note, but it did not start out strong. And so I think that it also lagged in the middle, uh, but the ending was amazing. So I don't see Ted Lasso winning, even though it's its final season. Wednesday on Netflix, uh, the Adams Family spinoff starring Jenna Ortega was fantastic, amazing, but... I just think in its first season with the bear in its second season now and the quality of the bear, um, I'm just not sure it's going to win for its first season, but it definitely could in the future and is a great, great show to check out with some horror elements, some comedy elements. um, But definitely it's very black humor and uh, deserves to be in the comedy category and deserves its 12 Emmy nominations for best actor. Again, Could have been uh, Jason Sudeikis, but I think it's going to be Jeremy Allen White for the bear. He is incredible as Carmi, and he really has this monologue in the final episode of season one where he lets his emotions out uh, because the show is actually based on his fictional brother having committed suicide and left him this restaurant. Carmi was one of the best chefs in the world, the best restaurant in the world, in the highest pressure cook situation where he was constantly abused as it often goes in kitchens like that. And uh, he definitely has risen to the occasion of running the Chicago shop to honor his brother and regain his love of cooking. After you watch the show, you will be saying, yes, chef, Regularly, Jeremy Allen White absolutely deserves it for the Bear. Uh, Bill Hader and Barry was amazing again, a layered performance because he is a hitman with dreams of being an actor. That had its final season, definitely could win, but I think Jeremy Allen White is just all the rage right now, and he's gonna win. Very happy for Jason Segel. I covered Shrinking on here. I'm happy they recognized it. Um, I'll get into that more in a minute, but definitely he deserved his nomination. Shrinking was an excellent show. Overall, And that's what really sticks out to me. But I think Jeremy Allen White will win Uh, for best actress. I think it's going to be Rachel Brosnahan, who I talked about last week, who was recently named Lois Lane in the new Superman, uh, starring as the marvelous Miss Maisel. And she becomes a stand up comic in somewhat of a Modern day Seinfeld, not the show takes place in modern times, but just modern day in the sense that it's coming out today and it aired its last season. Again, Emmy loves its last season when they can. And I think that Rachel Brosnahan will win. I think Jenna Ortega as Wednesday is a second choice and could win. I just think she's not going to win yet because of that last season factor, but she was incredible as Wednesday and uh, will definitely get her Emmy gold soon enough. For supporting actor, I have a bit of a surprising pick, and that is actually Phil Dunster as Jamie Tart. Uh, Jamie Tart had the best character arc in Ted Lasso this season. He was absolutely incredible, and uh, seeing him, you know, seeing his parents and his mom and come to terms with himself and go from being a villain at the start of the series to being a really heartwarming guy at the end of the series and getting in touch with his emotions, I mean, these are things you never could have Imagine uh with Jamie Tart, particularly in the Mom City episode in season 11. I think that episode alone earns him an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy, and it should go to Phil Dunster. Brett Goldstein, as Roy Kent, is also nominated. I think, A, he peaked in season two, and B, Brett Goldstein, it's amazing he got the nomination, but he is a writer who pitched himself as the character. Um, so while being a fantastic actor, I think that Phil Dunster as Jamie Tart felt fresh this season, whereas Roy Kent felt very similar to season two. Also, Ebon Moss Bachrock, known for playing Richie in the Bear, uh, is a very, very close second to Phil Dunster to win this category, and he might. Um, Because he's a very emotional character and he can fly off the handle at any second and is so necessary for the show. Uh, But I just think that Jamie's character arc was incredible and uh, he should win. But really... This award should go to Harrison Ford. That is the biggest snub of all of this. Is that he was not nominated for Shrinking? He had a better performance than Jason Segel as the lead and absolutely deserved to be nominated and win. See Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, Han Solo play a sitcom therapist. I mean, come on! Uh, He absolutely deserved to win and be nominated. But I think it should go to Phil Dunster. All right, and my final prediction for the Emmys is that. Io Edabiri will win the Best Supporting Actress Award for her performance as Sydney in The Bear. She is the chef who comes into work and has that same fire in her eye that uh, that Carmi, played by Jeremy Allen White, did. She's a really amazing chef and Carmi kind of takes her under his wing and they have this relationship that's very, very interesting and dynamic uh, where, you know, she wants to learn from him, but wants to advance more quickly and implement her ideas and a very layered character once again who goes from being sort of quiet to really finding her voice to finding her voice too much and making some mistakes to getting back to who she is and the amazing chef that she is so I think that she really deserves this award and will win it Uh, some other strong choices are Hannah Waddingham as Rebecca uh, in Ted Lasso again I just thought that she had some episodes that were a little bit cheesy in this season and didn't really fit the character the Amsterdam episode in particular uh, where she was singing you know Bob Marley Three Little Birds at the end and fell in love with this random guy and yes it made for a beautiful scene in the finale uh, but I thought that whole episode really didn't fit Ted Lasso which sometimes you do episodes that don't fit the show on purpose but I thought that what they did with Beard going on his adventure in season two worked. I thought the Amsterdam episode did not work. Um, So I don't think she will win the Emmy this year, even though she was fantastic as Rebecca. Uh, Also Jessica Williams in shrinking uh, was incredible and hilarious and multi-layered as well. Falling for Jason Segel's character and being a therapist and working through issues in her own life and having just a fantastic sense of humor. Uh, She was also in Kid. Cuddy's film, Enter Galactic, voicing the main love interest. And she was great as the voice in that. And the character's look was based off her as well. Uh, She's hilarious and shrinking, but I still think that Io Edebiri from The Bear is going to win. All right. That wraps up a big episode of sky high sports and entertainment went a little bit longer than I usually do. uh, But when there's so many awards to cover, you got to do it. And it's a big time in sports and entertainment. But, yeah, the biggest thing overall is uh, if you're able to even just making yourself aware, if you can't financially support, of course, of the actors and writers strikes uh, is very, very important and sharing if you can or just sharing even if you don't like the post on social media just let people you know know maybe they'll donate or have the funds too because we definitely want that quality tv and movies back in our lives as soon as we can because eventually we're going to run out of content if they don't get it sorted out soon and uh, they deserve to be supported we're not talking about the ones who make the most money we're talking about the ones who you don't hear about who are struggling to get by in their lives and who are picketing right now So I definitely hope that uh, ends soon and uh, that people support in any way they can, financially or just via word of mouth, is more than good enough. Uh, But overall, that is it for Sky High Sports and Entertainment. And I will see you next time.